2: With Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught outside, just outside of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother?
0: Hey, Andrew. How are you?
2: I'm fine. How are you, more importantly?
0: Um, I'm, I think I'm coming around. I feel better today than I did yesterday, which is, which is good. I would say in modern parlance, he's trending in the right direction.
2: Uh, yes, Jesus this Christ. pod was if people were wondering where this uh, where this podcast was this week, we had a we had a, a day's delay. We,
0: someone, we did
2: because someone was violently ill.
0: Oh, my God. So uh, Monday night, Martin Luther King Day, I went out to to watch and I say I went out. Don't 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 take this as me. Me taking time off because I got absolutely hammer drunk and wasn't able to function. I wish that were the case because I, I know how to to feel better in those scenarios. This was this was me just going to watch Eagles and Bucks. Um and so I watched the Eagles and the Bucks uh, enjoyed it immensely. And um and then I uh I I, I went home so Monday uh, Monday night into Tuesday morning. Uh, woke up and I put it this way. All of my insides wanted to be on the outside through my mouth. Hmm. That's the best way to put it. I don't want to go into too much details. And it wasn't just a case of, oh, well, there's going to be one round of this. There were between three and four rounds of this throughout the night. It was, I, I don't generally get sick. I, I thank God touched knock on wood. It doesn't doesn't generally happen to me except when I get COVID or whatever it was. Um, but this was... This was awful. <laughs> it was truly awful. And I, I, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think it was food poisoning. You always hear around this time of year, oh, the winter vomiting virus and stuff like that. I'm and...
2: not familiar with that. That doesn't now, sound
0: very scientific. Well, you've never heard of that. Well, it's a thing, uh, apparently. Uh, so I don't know what it is, but I... Oh, my God. And then I, I feel... Again, guilty because I always feel guilty about it. Almost everything I do, um, I I felt terrible that this podcast got kicked down the line because there was games to talk about,
2: and now I won't say those games are irrelevant. Uh, meaningless. I don't even know what the point is of this one anymore.
0: But we'll we'll have to talk about them in a in a different fashion to uh, you know a more of an immediate reaction to the games. But I guess Tuesday wouldn't have been an immediate reaction anyway. Uh, I, you know, a friend of mine said wanted to wanted to go to see the Charlatans tomorrow night. I think tomorrow night I, 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 Tomorrow I'll, st- I'll be feeling better But I still don't think I'll be up to it So I you know I have to I have to cancel on that plan Um uh, just generally Feeling like I've let people down And it's uh, um, I hate it be Bedridden Awful Yesterday I just slept In and out of sleep And uh, Yeah Drinking Pedialyte And ugh, Awful uh, So I apologise To everyone for this I apologise for starting the podcast Like this I will yeah. say one thing there was something that cheered me up this morning, Andrew. Um, a listener sent us uh, Adidas, or as you guys say, Adidas, uh, have done a, a little advert for the Predator football boot with uh, with the soup de jour. That is uh, Jude Bellingham, and um, this is what it sounds like, and it's it's pretty cool.
1: Surely everyone being able to score is a good thing.
0: It's a shame, but the world just isn't ready. The, the only problem I have with this advert, Andrew, is that it suggests very strongly that the reason Bellingham is doing all this goal scoring is because this boot is so state-of-the-art. It, it allows everybody to score.
2: But that's what the entire sports sneaker industry is based around if you put on these air jordans you're gonna you're gonna jump four feet in the air like this is this is 30 years of marketing that way but the
0: scientist goes the world is not ready for these and jude says shouldn't everybody be allowed to score you know it's it's almost plaintively and now he is doing all this goal scoring and it's because of the boots but anyway um Boots look amazing, by the way. The really. whole
2: Jordan, ad, it's got to be the shoes, right? Wasn't that Jordan, wasn't that yeah. an ad campaign in the night? Like this is almost a throwback Yeah, to that the, kind of the, like marketing.
0: The original ad, uh, Adidas Predator advert was a poster that said goalkeepers retire. That is because everyone was going to be scoring mad goals yeah. because of this. So anyway, that was pretty cool. I think it's uh,
2: how we should market our shirts. If you wear this, you'll be able to speak eloquently for an hour and 20 minutes consecutively
0: think eloquently is pretty strong for us speak you'll be able to say words in a row yes
2: the store we should remind everyone the store is open it's running if you recently ordered a shirt and you're wondering why it's delayed it's because jj was violently ill oh Um, no or if you ordered one recently and it smells like vomit well that that's also why listen i i
0: i I, as time goes on i really resent you having any involvement in my work in, in what i do here with this thing because all you do is s on it all you do is S on it. No. Uh, guys, the, the first round of orders came in. Those Those shirts are now being made. And I will be shipping to you, hopefully, next week. So that's how it works. Because that's he's old. sick. No, not, no, because they have to be made, Andrew. We don't We don't have a massive warehouse where we store all our T-shirts and I just go and pick them and send them. You see, this is how little you know about what, what's being done. So they in won't your smell name, like vomit. I am I'm, I'm going to try and get an addendum made to our LLC where I get the 90% of the profits for these t-shirts and oh. you get zero.
2: Careful. Oh. Careful. You be careful now. <laughs> it's could all go away in an instant.
0: Yeah. Speaking of going away in an instant, um while we're riffing here. Mourinho gone at Roma. And now the clamber amongst, from what I've seen, Republic of Ireland fans and U.S. fans to have him installed as their manager begins.
2: <laughs> I do wonder if that is his next move, because I we have said, and it should be noted too, he was very, he was really emotional about this exit. I saw yeah. a video of him in his car where he was he. Had, it looked like he had clearly been crying, like his eyes were red and puffy. As as fans were kind of giving him like a kind send off, not a, not an. They angry love
0: one. him though, you know. He's going because fundamentally not they didn't really they didn't really advance in the league. That's fundamentally why he's going. Right. Um but it didn't mean there wasn't a lot of love engendered for him. It, 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 charisma and personality gets you an awful long way. And the fans loved him. And the the Europa Conference League trophy. Clearly meant a lot to them, even though it, it, it for a club of Roma stature, it's obviously the lowest on the on the totem pole. Um, uh, Europa League
2: finalists as well. You
0: see, he's a good cup manager. He like playing the way he he, does. he has
2: to go to the international game. I really think managing a national team is the right progression for him, not just because of what you're saying that he's a good cup manager, and that's exclusively what you're managing, are a variety of cup tournaments. But like we, how many times have we said this over the last several years on this show about about national teams and about international soccer? Right now, his style, while it's perhaps going out, you know, a little bit obsolete in in club football, like if you look at successful national teams, it's kind of how they play. Like the free flowing really fun to watch teams are not necessarily the teams that are winning a lot of trophies. We've said even even France who who can do both, but we've even we've even had that gripe about them at times that they could they could be more open and more fun to watch than what they are. England, it's always the gripe with them and yet they've never been more successful except in the 60s. Like his style is probably most well designed for that type of of soccer right now.
0: You might you might be right. Um this is Nicky Bandini in the Guardian to say they the Roma fans loved him would be an understatement. Mourinho has been the key factor in Roma selling out more than forty home games over the past two and a half seasons, including a thirty-six game consecutive run. Yeah. I mean I I like I've I think I got most annoyed with him at his time at like United and Tottenham when it just seemed to be, you know, the same old shtick kind of the injection of poison into a club to, to kind of create something um, and it didn't work and like those teams they were hard to watch very hard to watch but like as a person or a character um, I'd love to see him get into the TV game back into the TV game because he's done little bits whenever he's at a hiatus from a job he's done little bits and he's very very good at it
2: he, w- he would be excellent if he was regularly a pundit, I think he'd be really good because he's very smart. And like you said, he is charismatic and for whatever, like you you use the term poison, which I I can understand, but, but there is this likable quality to him. Um, But he he seems uh, to,
0: he seems to thrive though, in a kind of, an atmosphere of what would you say? Descent's not the right word, but it, a kind of a an explosive atmosphere. Tension. He likes tension. Yeah. Um, and that's not conducive to a, you know, a 42 or 13, 38 game season, you know. Um, maybe tournament football is exactly, maybe you don't even want him for qualifiers. Maybe you just want him bang in for the tournament. Uh, Zito Madu tweeted that he'd have Pulisic in tears after two weeks.
2: I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now uh, Daniela De Rossi Goes in as the interim yeah. coach, which is, I always think that's, that's a terrible thing to do. to uh, like Talk about beloved. A beloved ex-Roma player is now going to step in and and, and manage.
2: Well, maybe that, that was part of the calculation to this, is that they're getting rid of a manager that even with their struggles in the league, a lot of fans still have the back of. And so they had to win a press conference in some way, and they weren't going to do it by bringing in some journeyman. They, it had to be someone that is beloved within that club to yeah. keep the to keep the fans on on their side. So I'm not Listen, stunned.
0: There's going to be work for him. Um, there's going to be there's going to be. He's not. We've had he's been in our lives now for almost what would you say? It's 20 years, really.
2: Mourinho, <laughs> you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go back to that Champions League run with Porto.
0: Porto, or we go back to the Europa League two thousand uh, excuse me, the UEFA Cup against Celtic in two thousand and three. Yeah, he's kind of just been there, um, so I don't I don't really see him going anywhere. And uh, and finally, while we riff, Hendo confirmed
2: Ajax. Well, they're negotiating. Is it is it actually confirmed that he's going there? I thought that there were. I would seen that. I thought representatives from the club were negotiating to make the deal official. I, I think the deal the has he, happened. he had agreed.
0: Yeah. Oh. Okay. I think. I, I think it's. I think it's pretty much. It, there, there'll be no transfer fee, is what I'm seeing. Um, yeah. I. 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 I'm pretty sure it's uh, Henderson set to leave Saudi close to IX transfer. Ten minutes ago from the Athletic, so it's close. It's close. His Um,
2: next interview will be an interesting one. I know his last one did not go well for him, (laughs) but I think a lot of people will want to hear, okay, while you, you kind of, I mean, this is a little, this might be a little harsh, but it it felt like there was a little bit of a selling of the soul here for a a financial gain. And, and I think a lot of people will hear, was it, want to know, was it worth it? Why'd you leave? What was it like there? I mean, like he might be a cautionary tale for a lot of English players that are thinking about taking that money and watching the the reputational hit that he had and clear I mean, look, he wouldn't be leaving after what four months if he if he he obviously did not enjoy it. Um, so I think a lot of people will want to hear now his his conclusions from his time there. what do Yeah made. I mean, it's not going too well for
0: Karim Benzema either. uh what was it? He was supposed to be back for winter training or something, and then he was like, oh, I can't i'm I'm still st- stuck in Mauritius. Oh, can't make it back. <laughs> yeah. No, this all, the, all this money seems fine until you go to a place where having that kind of money is, is, detri- is not detrimental, but it's, it's like, so what? Oh, you have millions of dollars. Where do you live? Saudi Arabia. Okay. Um, Kareem Benzema is still stranded in Mauritius, waiting to catch a flight to Dubai, where Slob Aleti had, or waiting for him to begin preseason training.
2: Yeah. These we'll guys see.
0: are These guys are going to go there and they're going to try and push it as hard as they can to see what they can get away with. But um I I, I think this league is falling apart already to be perfectly honest with you.
2: Um well, let's continue now while we're talking about Saudi Arabia. I mean, look there's a couple games from over the weekend, JJ. They were very interesting. I don't know what to do with them now on a Wednesday. I have this. Well, rundown let's just talk about
0: the me. things we saw on them. They don't go by your rundown. Let's, let's be, let's be free, man. Just do free form. This is interpretive dance. Now
2: I must do rigid and structured. It's the only way I know, uh, city and Newcastle over the weekend. It was actually a great game. I, I really, really enjoyed, fun. really enjoyed watching it. Um, you know, the, the, Nature of City going up and then Newcastle storming back the way that they did. One weird thing with with Manchester City and I know they won this game and they're and they're feeling good right now. They've got De Bruyne back, who we'll talk about. But like this, there's a weird vulnerability to them Definitely. where they don't concede many chances, but the ones that they do, they're scored on. Like this is from the athletic Um, against Newcastle. It was the 11th time in all competitions that Guardiola's team had been stung by their opponent's first attack of the game this season. And the third time that they've conceded both of their first two. It's a trend that became all the more harmful at a raucous St. James park. They conceded both of their, of their efforts on target in a two, two draw to crystal palace three out of four against Tottenham while contriving to lose two, one against wolves at Molyneux, despite their opponents hitting the target once um, since Ruben Diaz also scored an own goal for a team that asserts so much control, they are disproportionately fragile on the break. This is weird, and it, and it I guess it me it, it lends even more importance to their style of needing to maintain as much possession as possible. Because when they give it up, they get scored upon. It feels like
0: what well, I mean isn't that whole Mourinho's or excuse me Pep Guardiola's whole thing is uh, th- don't kick the ball forward quickly. Because it'll go back even quicker, and then you're in trouble, mm-hmm. you know. So keep it, keep it, kind of suffocate, move the ball around, and when that doesn't happen, they're they're in, they're in, in in trouble. Now it was interesting to see uh, during that game in the first half how many times uh, Kyle Walker was sprinting back towards his own goal with like acres of grass between him and the goalkeeper. Um, Isaac took his took his goal superbly super well, as did Gordon. Let's be yeah. honest. Um, I
2: thought of you after Gordon's. Because the face he made when he came over to the Ugh. camera <laughs> after what you said on the last pod about him, um, I just thought that it was a face that you probably would have been disgusted by. He had He's a, a real, he had a real smug like Ugh. it was like the smug rap. Yeah, it was just a face that screamed of like, oh, look what I just did. Like, yeah, it was I know.
0: Kind of I honestly, I don't mind that because he scored a beautiful goal. It was. I yeah. don't. I don't mind that. It was what he did against Sunderland, like to to belittle. The Sunderland player. No, I'll give you the shirt afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you the shirt afterwards. You can have it. Like I'm so I'm I'm something. Oh, look at me. Ugh. Um. I didn't. I didn't like the defending. Uh, by Kyle Walker, and I don't fancy this goalkeeper. City's number two, who we've never really gotten accustomed to. I was calling him in my head. I was calling him Garcia for, for, for the whole. Like I, I know nothing about this guy. Um, but his name is Stefan Ortega. And I feel like I should know something a bit more about him, um, but I like what he did appear to be courtesy uh, a courtesy dive for the Gordon goal. It was like you know when uh, you know when you're I, I do do people do this when they're older? Maybe they do. You know when you're trying to explain something to someone or or what something that happened, and you get up out of your seat and you do the actions of what happened. You know. You wouldn't believe what happened. He just came in from the side like this and you're you're already on your feet doing that thing. That is what Kyle Walker and Ortega were doing. Kyle Walker was explaining how he would defend something and Ortega was showing how he would dive to try and save something. Neither of it was convincing. It was um it was very very
2: like I'd be worried now with this guy. Very yeah. very worried. We'll see. I mean, he got thrust in unexpectedly you know Newcastle are good. Those finishes were also very good. Uh, we'll see. I'm not ready to yeah. I, d- to I didn't off
0: necessarily. I didn't um, love. I didn't love uh, Walker defending those goals. Well, I did love though, and I and I should say.
2: Well, real quick though, before you move off this idea though of City conceding goals every time they give up an attack. By the way, it was even, It was actually even worse in this game because really the first attack in the third minute, yeah. Longstaff scored, but he was ruled offside. So even even the one that didn't count, they they did get a goal on. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if. If this is something City is just going to ha- kind of have to figure out or if they're just going to cope with this and, and say, well, we'll just keep continuing to maintain as much possession as possible. And I think that this won't be an issue. We can give up a goal a game and still win. Um, I don't know, but it's, it's just a weird anomaly for a team that we think so highly of. They can be gotten to.
0: No, no, I, And, but
2: and consistently me. are gotten to.
0: Yeah. I, I, by the way, is there a better phrase that comes straight out of Mafia lore? They, he can be got to. They can be got to. They can be got at. And they do feel vulnerable in that way. But on the other side of things, there was there was that sense of City being vulnerable in this game. And there was also that sense of, uh-oh, look who's back. I mean, for, let me talk about Bernardo Silva. Like Bernardo Silva, nobody who really watches football underrates him. But I still think I want to call him underrated because that's what people do with players they really like they just say oh he's underrated i like the, the way he, he, finished- he i
2: think he is underrated i actually agree with that, how, idea that he is. How, who is underrating him
0: i mean they shouldn't be
2: but but any if we made our list of the top 10 players in the world right now and i'm just trying to think now off the top of my head like i don't know would people automatically include him but i think that he'd have Considering how vital he was to their trouble last year, I think he played. Did he play more games than anyone on the team? Something like that. Um, And then what he's doing this year, I think you can make a real case that he's a top 10 player in the world. But I don't know how many people right right away thinking of him. Because it's hard on City to break through. we we've seen so many like especially a guy like bernardo silva who for the first few years that he was there it was hard to tell is he like a regular first team player is he a rotational player so for for some people it might just be a first impression of him like i wonder if julian alvarez will have a hard time breaking that barrier in people's minds right now he's one of the best players in the world but his first impression at city was like well he hardly ever plays so it might take a while for some of these guys to like rewrite the narrative on them
0: and also i do think playing for manchester city can often stifle how you're regarded just because oh well, well they're expected to win oh will they win every year oh you know so yeah. it's, it's it's harder to see that but Silva's finish on the goal was I don't know that is still that is still one of the, the best the most enjoyable finishes you can see now I still think Dubravka through no fault of his own he could be expecting so a flick at the near post absolutely he's got to get that little bit farther over so he leaves that bit for, for Silva mm-hmm. that 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 almost inviting angle for Silva to do that, but to execute and to get it so perfect. It was so deft. was brilliant. But, um, but yeah, let's look at the... Uh, but people loved um, our comparison of De Bruyne to a lawyer who's uh, running off to court uh, after just doing, a, you know, playing squash in the morning or whatever. <laughs> he, that, that hair really gives him that vibe. What a brilliant goal that was, Andrew. What an absolutely wow. brilliant goal. Everything about that was so bloody good.
2: Might have only been the second best thing that he did on the day. I mean, look, I know that goal was huge. It tied the game. Um, but
0: you're talking the, uh, the past Oscar uh, Bob.
2: Uh, what an unbelievable way to win a game. Like, and by the way, I give Bob credit. It's a weird thing. Just calling him Bob. Like it's no, a hard we are thing to get him used him to. Bob. <laughs> Bob's your next door neighbor. Uh, yeah. Oscar Robert. Um, I can't call him Bob.
0: No, it sounds like, like even, for the police, Oscar, Bob, Tango, Zulu.
2: And, but like I give him credit, too. His run was great, and his finish, I mean, his footwork around the keeper, oh, uh, awesome. around Dubrovka, to, to be able to finish that was amazing as well. Um, but De Bruyne, like, to pick that out as perfectly as he did, to see the run, but like it was not an easy pass that he made to lob that in over the top like that, as perfectly as it was, he's... Yeah, I was reading something about De Bruyne coming back from this injury, and he talked about the importance for him of like having been away from the game, and like he knew he wasn't coming back right away, so he just sort of like he just left the game for a little bit and allowed his mind to sort of just like relax itself from football. And he talked about like feeling like truly refreshed, as refreshed as he's felt in in years playing the sport. And I wonder. You know, I was going to mention something later, but I can bring it up now about like Kylian Mbappe talked this week to British GQ magazine about how he sees soccer going the way that the NBA has gone of load management and that kind of thing. And I wonder like De Bruyne talking that way. And then you can see it. I mean, he's always great, but you can see since he's come back in these first couple appearances, it's just like the way he's hit the ground running is extraordinary. And there's there's there hasn't been any like slow build other than the fact that he hasn't started these games, but in terms of his performances, this is like prime De Bruyne. And I wonder if other guys are gonna see this and think like I could use I could use that kind of sabbatical from this sport, physically and mentally too. I Yeah, I hear what you're saying.
0: Load management is, is key. You now the game is so much faster. The the stresses on players are huge.
2: I worry a lot if that I mean that mentality I Look, teams are playing like 60 plus games now.
1: Yeah, and, too- and
2: these guys and these and those are the elite teams. And the elite teams are comprised of guys who are then all going off to their national teams and playing more games. So, look, I'm a huge NBA fan and I can tell you in my lifetime as a basketball fan, nothing has hurt the sport more than load management. From a view I- for, for me as a viewer. I used to like I used to turn on TNT and whatever the game was, I would just watch it cuz I love basketball. And I don't do that now and it's because like I just don't like subliminally almost I just don't trust who I'm going to see playing in that game that it's going to be like a a true representation of those teams and soccer already deals with that to a certain extent I mean I know that as somebody who plays fantasy soccer that like you wake up in the morning and sometimes it's like why is he not playing what the heck Um, if that becomes even more and permeates the sport even more than it already has and you know I I do worry about that people want to see these these players and they can't Give it their all and have to take games right, off we- for no reason. It's that's dangerous. But yeah, but we just talked about the stats,
0: Andrew. First of all, to compare basketball, and I'm not saying bas- basketball isn't a physical sport. It, it very much is a physical sport. But there there are games, uh, and basketball is one of those where you can have breaks within within a game. Like it's not as continuous as soccer. And we're seeing. We talked about the stats. We're seeing massive rise in hamstring injuries. Oh, see- no,
2: I, I agree. I'm saying all the more reason that soccer should be worried about this.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but but did, did, I I don't think we really, like what De Bruyne did with that goal to pass it into the bottom corner. Um, I know the past Oscar Bob was good, but it, it, when, when De Bruyne gets turned and attacks that pocket of space, you can just see in his eyes, he knows exactly what he wants to do. Now, to not make the defender and then put it into the bottom corner with and, and it wasn't a strike. Well, it was obviously uh, a strike, but it was it he pants it. It's so good, man. It it's so good. Um he's the best player that's ever played for Manchester City.
2: Uh yeah, I would I would agree with that.
0: You can keep your companies, you can keep your Agueros. Keep them all. He's the best player. I mean, look, we'll see. Best all-round footballer that's ever yeah, played for them. I-, I would agree with that. Then um, they...
2: We'll see then where they... we'll see where Holland ends up, where this is headed. And by the way, the fact that he's not back yet, I mean, there's there's still room for this team to get better this year. Um, but yeah, right now, as it stands, De Bruyne. I would agree with that. Um not much on the Newcastle side. I saw Joe Linton. I don't know if it's official yet, but there's a chance now he could be done for the season with a groin injury. That's I not good. That. No. Um, obviously, a big worry for a team that's dealt with injuries all the season. I will say, look, they, they've been terrible lately. In this game, um, I actually thought that they they did have some nice move some nice patches of passages of play they like we said they scored a couple goals almost had a third with Longstaff in the beginning almost had a, another one right after i mean there was a five minute stretch where they got those two goals and then nearly came right back on the break again and your man ortega uh made a big save to keep it uh at just two for newcastle but they, they almost had three goals in five minutes um and then in the second half it was a bit of a different game uh they defended and city pressed on and eventually got there too but you know, is it enough to look at Newcastle and say, okay, maybe they're on their way back? I don't know. They lost. So it's hard to take too many positives from it um, at home, no less. But there were some moments in that game where you thought, okay, maybe they're out of, of the Champions League. Maybe they can refocus a little bit on this um, and and sort of weather the storm the rest of the year, as opposed to the, the free fall that they kind of appeared to be in during December. We'll see. Um, any more yeah, on I, this I,
0: game? I, No. Yeah, I... I hate I hate like I Newcastle did do well in this game, but again, it, it's it's one of those where I'm not I'm not sure what happens now. Especially with the potential entry to Joe Linton. Uh they're not gonna do any activity in this transfer window, or we feel like they're not. Um so I kind of feel like they'll Yeah. It's um they're in a they're in a weird spot right now. They're in a very strange spot. And and it's something we, we should talk about down the line. Like wh- what is, what happens now? Um, it's, it's probably, Jamie be... Carrer said something that kind of interested me about Newcastle, about how he doesn't think they're going to go on and dominate now. And I wonder if there's, there's so many things happening now in terms of, of, of financial checks of kind of oversight that it was a bad time for the Saudis to buy a football club in England.
2: I was going to bring that up later when we when we do talk about Everton and Forest, I was going to bring this up specifically. But if you're talking about it now, I'll say it now. I I agree with that idea. I don't yeah. think I don't I would agree with Jamie Carragher that you know, I don't know, maybe there might be an opportunity for them to sort of have a one off here and there, but Uh, seeing how serious now these financial restrictions are. um, And I think how seriously teams, Newcastle included, because they have talked about this, having to stay within those, those guardrails. I don't, I think they might've missed their window. Like they could have been Manchester city if they had done this 10 years earlier, but I don't think, I don't think that can happen now. They could be good. They could qualify for champions. League Again, they could still get good players, but like, this idea of buying their way up into being the best club in, in England and in Europe, if people thought that that was going to be the case, I think we're seeing now that I don't know that that can happen.
0: No, Maybe that's... Not... Yeah. I don't think so either,
2: but yeah, we'll talk about Everton and forest a little bit later. Um, one other game in the Premier League from a few days ago, we wanted to mention Tottenham. They go to old Trafford. They leave with a point um, again, good game. This one on the Manchester United side, I don't know. In some ways it kind of felt, felt very like representative of the season they've had. Like they did some things right, but it's never quite enough to overcome the things that they do wrong. Like the good like they started this game, they started well. What a what a great finish from Rasmus Hoyland on that goal. I mean it looked you know Tottenham were scattered all over the place, but then they did kind of, to their, to their credit, like Destiny Udagi, who's up in an attack position, he does sprint all the way back and he does kind of recover and get back into position. And so it, it, it's then left on Hoyland. They're only scoring that goal there if the finish is incredible. And it was It's great finish from him. And they spread Tottenham out, you know, Marcus Rashford, like I talked about with him, the more I watch him, the more I sort of think as he goes, this team will go again. He had moments where he played well. His finish was excellent for United second. Um, that's, you know, reason to feel good. Maybe if he's starting to round back into form, but then, but they do but they undo all of their good with enough bad things that they can't overcome it. JJ, their set piece defending was oh so awful off oh corner kicks. I mean, Spurs scored on one, hit the bar on another, had another one that was cleared off the line. These are just corners. You know, so you have that. And then to start the second half, you come out of the, the locker room asleep like that. No one tracks Benton run into the box. I guess looking back on it, Erickson kind of does, but then he stops completely, which either leads me to believe that he's just, I don't know, didn't care. Or if he thought he was passing him off to someone else that just didn't continue to track the run for him. I don't know, but you can't allow someone to just run into the box by themselves. Timo Werner slips on the ball. Easy goal. They, you know, and then even at the end, they had a chance to win it. And, and I, look, I don't want to criticize McTominay too much because he saved them on several occasions this season. But my God, you have a free header. There's no Tottenham has left him alone. There's no one around him, no one within six yards of him, and he's only six yards from goal. Puts it over the bar. I mean, you know, they they United will look back on this one. They were really they were not happy after this game. I think in all ties, there's a winner and a loser. They felt like the loser, and they they probably should. A lot of their problems felt a little bit self inflicted.
0: Yeah, I I think like watching the game you could see how Tottenham are absolutely set up to be one of the one of the few teams that United can can get at and you saw them going at Pedro Porro like for most of that first half they're kind of trying to overload down that side they looked they looked dangerous on the break the big conversation on sky afterwards in the sky studio was just how spurs should have won the game how spurs were the better team and the concern from Gary Neville was we still don't see patterns of play and patterns of movement with United. Like, if they're not playing a team that gives you space in behind, like, what, what are they good at? What do they do? Like, that's the problem, Andrew. The manager has, has he's come in, but the manager has been, we, what we expected from, from him was what he quickly realized he couldn't deliver, which was Ajax 2019. So he can't do that. So he said he's going to make this the best counter-attacking team in football. But I mean, unless you're playing a side that are actively going to give you those kind of opportunities, it's not going to really work for you. And, and which Tottenham kind
2: of do, and and Tottenham, United, of course Stuttgart. they do.
0: Tottenham will do it for anyone because yeah. it's just the way we are made. That's how we play. Um, but you're right. You're going to really hamstring yourself if you if you make those individual errors. The, the the Richarlison equaliser. It's it's a nice header, but look at where Wan Bissaka ends up, like behind Richarlison with two hands on his back, like this weak effort, like basic defending. Shove yourself in, get goal side, and Make then that...
2: and then when Romero hit the bar, he was left even more alone.
0: Oh, I mean, absolutely, and and the Bentoncore goal. Were you watching that thinking, why isn't anyone doing anything?
2: Yeah, it was weird the way he could run in, sort of. Just run
0: in, and I don't know who the defender was in front of him. But and, and then look at your goalkeeper; some, it's for some reason decides to go low. And I mean, it's a great finish. Don't get it's me wrong. Right. Yeah, uh, he, I, I, I don't put it. that
2: as much on Onana. That's it, tough he, he drops else. a knee there. I don't know
0: what I, I don't know what he's doing. Um. So so big Jim Sir Big Jim Ratcliffe is in there and installed now with uh, operating the quarter of Manchester United that is solely involved with football operations and like apparently they're going to have meetings all this week there's there's going to be changes I, i'm fascinated to see what he comes up with i'm i'm or, or what what his group comes up with or what what changes are made but um we got some criticism for on twitter for I mean, not much actually uh, but a little bit for saying that uh, that uh, when we went through the Manchester United, one of the the last time Manchester United made a good signing, and and we we suggested that Lissandro Martinez hasn't been a good signing, and he came uh, back. Did
2: we, did we suggest he wasn't good? We kind of said we, we said he, he was injured. Hurt. I yeah, don't know. like so just, I didn't just, say that he. We didn't say he wasn't good. Well,
0: he's missed. He's missed so many games. If you look at uh, like he's he's been out for a hundred and five days for for this season. It's been it's been. I mean, there's no point. A, a, a signing can't be good if he ha- if he doesn't play. Now I will revise that if he comes back in and and proves himself to be sure. Yeah, you, you know, and and like he, he can be good when he does play. We know that, but that that's just to clarify that point. But you look at the rest of the team, even the goals, Andrew. Though to 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 go back to Gary Neville's point about like passing and moves, you know, like it's a great finish from Hoyland. but it's an accident. Like Rashford's got the ball and he's looking to create an angle. He nearly runs into Hoyland, and it's a doggy that that tees up Hoyland. Yeah, you know, so much of what United do is is kind of relies on individual brilliance and off the cuff. And, and and now Roy Keane's argument was, well, you can say uh, you can say all you want about how well Spurs played, didn't win the game. It still finished two two. And he, you know, he says you got to focus that that United in their current state. That's a good point, and I, I accept all that, but. <clears throat> I just don't. I I I don't. I don't see Ten Hag being manager. I, I don't
2: know if I fully agree with Keane on that. I mean, boy, that's given. That's saying. That's speaking pretty highly of Tottenham. That a Tottenham side on the road without Son, without Madison. I mean, they're two best attackers. You know, missing multiple members of their midfield. Um, you know, I know they had Van Deven and Romero back, but those guys. That's literally their first game back from injury. I don't know if they're a hundred percent yet. Um, you know if if that's where we're at with united and we've talked about lowering the bar with them but a the tottenham side kind of in transition missing some of their best players on the road and Ke- and that's roy keane's comment for united like uh, that is yet another sign of the bar being lowered Oh, that, def- that they that they shouldn't be expected to to win that game at home
0: i yeah definitely it, it's it's it, it, it's it's taking me forever to recalibrate expectations for Manchester United. So I'm sure a former club captain, sure. it's it's going to take that bit longer. But um, I actually enjoyed the game mostly.
2: Yeah. Was, any oh, yeah. any initial impressions of Timo Werner's return? I,
0: I I think he's so good on the ball on the ball. Oh, he shot wide. Yeah,
2: that's. <laughs> it was a it was a and look, he had an assist. Uh, give him credit. You know, he I mean, he's a, got
0: lots of good attributes. Yeah, but he's but going he, to run the channels for you. He's going to get on the ball. Um. And then he's going to like his first effort where it, Werner, Werner cuts inside and I'm like, top corner, go on, please. Top corner. Shh. Ancapotamus.
2: Almost hit it out of the stadium. Yeah. Um, yeah. He de- he definitely did some things that were good. He definitely did some things that reminded you of his last time with Chelsea. Like it was, you know, there was, it was kind of a Timo Werner performance, which was fine. He was fine. Um, would have been cool if he could have scored on that one. Uh, the past Oliver skip had a great game. Um, the pass that he okay. made to set Werner up was, was, would have been an awesome goal for Werner to have finished off, but he put it way wide.
0: Oh, um, Skip's pass was, I love those, <laughs> so bloody good. Yeah. What, what would you call it? A volleyed
2: pass, he kind of singed it. Like, a, I don't know if that if, is that an onomatopoeia, like it, it's
0: singed, yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah, does it feel like that, or am I just agreeing with you?
2: I don't know, you know, that's never, <laughs> it's not yeah. usually your, your modus operandi. He it singed it onomatopoeia,
0: yeah. I guess yeah cuz it, it's it's like he's cracking a match it's not a it's not full contact on the ball it's like
2: creating a spin it looked beautiful yeah would have been a cool goal to finish but uh, one other personal note um mm-hmm. so, uh, on the tribal nature of of personal sports note. and this sport in particular um my buddy Berenson, who you talked uh, about the time who's a diehard manchester united fan Dan. he texted me during the game <laughs> and he's like Garnacho had absolutely a penalty has to be called. I may look he's united on tottenham so yeah, sure. this is how I guess this is how it goes but like really is, is that is that what we want? We want we want stuff like that to be given. Yes, does do, who was it a doggy? Does he have hands around Garnacho? Sure. But should that cause a human being to instantly have their legs come out from under them and drop to the ground? Like can we be real here? Is is that what we want this the this sport to devolve into? Come on, give me a break! And I saw Dale Johnson, so I wrote back to him. I said, "I said, oh please, I don't know if he thought I'd agree or say, yeah, we got away with one." But I went right back and just said, "Save it for United, your United buddies, all right? I don't need that. That's ridiculous. You really think that's a foul? Come on!" And Dale Johnson on ESPN FC, he said, "No, that's that's never a penalty." And yeah, but but like, and
0: and and Dan Dan's a good lad. In fairness to him, though, we we should all we should we should state that vociferously that he is a good lad. But he is, I mean, he's under investigation for clutching all the straws that are to be clutched. He's hoarding the straws now. because. <laughs> um, so our friend Danny Higginbottom uh, t- tweeted out something that I, I just was on the money and exactly how I was thinking. United with a good first half against the Spurs team that always create chances. Games like this tend to suit United when they can play on the counter. Struggle is when teams sit back. Um, and then I responded 100%. I said, it's a game that's hard to read progress from if you support United, and Dan responds, felt like a game we should have won. Spurs play exactly the kind of high line football that we go to town on. Missed opportunity. Now I could leave that alone, well, and I should I should leave that alone, but I didn't. Said Tottenham the better side in the second half, but United could still have won. Fair enough. United don't go to town on anybody these days. Uh, best this, can, is, this is you. Best they can hope for is to visit a village.
2: Oh uh, See that's cheap. You can't. You can't help yourself. You no, know, it's cheap. Well, but but I will say this on the Spurs side of that. This is. So, right now, like, again, it's seen as a good point for Spurs, and people are accepting of that. Um, but these are the moments down the road a little bit that will get Ange into trouble. When you, like, I know he has his system, and it's how they're going to play come hell or high water, and that's cool as long as it's working. But, like, when you go into a game like this, where your system is exactly the system your opposition wants you to be playing, and you're not going to bend on it, if you lose those games, then I think it's fair to ask questions. You can't show any flexibility. Like right now, I think we're all still in a moment where we accept it and you want this team to learn how to play this style because that's going to be their primary go-to format of, of how they're going to play. But like, are we going to still be accepting that next year or in two years? Like at some point, I do think like flexibility against the team that wants you to do that, desperately wants you to do that because that's that's the only way that they can score goals is against a, a system like that. We'll see. If Tottenham are so good at it that it that teams are powerless against it, then fine. But if they start pouring in two, three, four, then we'll see. That's, it's, that's
0: it's, it. it's like Tottenham have to overwhelm the site. It's like early stage Klopp. Remember when uh, under Klopp, they'd score like five against Roma or whoever. And Roma yeah, it gets and like court.
2: Dortmund in the Europa League.
0: Yeah. Like you have to score so many goals because you're going to be leaky at the back. Yeah. And I I don't know how sustainable that is. Oh, by the we'll way, see. how happy how happy were you to see Mickey Vandevin back?
2: Oh, I mean, it's, it's enormously important. It, and, and ahead of schedule. Now Madison is the next big one because their attack has looked different without him. Um,
0: how and, does how and, does an attack?
2: He's so but... his vision. I don't think I ever understood how how great Madison's vision was of what he can pick out. Um, yeah, he's... how does
0: how is it um, uh, put together with uh, Timo Werner in in
2: the side now? Well, Werner, I think will so it moves Brendan Johnson to the other side. I think Verner is probably like I think I wonder now if they have more pieces than they have spots, especially when Sun comes back. I think Werner will probably revert to some sort of rotational role off mm. the bench. Um because, I, I think it'll
0: be Brennan and Werner that'll be rotating time.
1: Um
2: oh, Rashar tough to take as well. How do you take him out right now? Six goals in his last six games, I think it is. Mm. I mean, he's he's been really good. This is what they. I mean, honestly, if you're not if this isn't good enough, then what were what were people hoping? Like, this is what you hope to be getting when you spend sixty million on him, and he's doing that now. It took longer than expected, but he's doing it. So I don't I don't know how you take him out. I think Sun on you know Sun on the left, Richardson in the middle, and Kulisevsky on the right, and then I don't know like how you work in Brennan Johnson and Timo Werner. Guys are going to keep getting hurt. I don't know. We'll see, but yeah, uh, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I like what Timo Werner brings. But I don't know how many goals that's going to be. He might just create, set up other guy. I, I don't know. He's a he's I'm, a total wild card. I'm I'm,
0: I'm rooting for him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to. I want him to absolutely just blaze, blaze for the rest of the season. Score ten goals, twelve goals, and then um, and then have tweets go out that real talk here. If Werner had joined earlier he'd be in the conversation for Football Writers Player of the Year. That's what I want. Oh, jeez!
2: All right. Well, I mean, (laughs) Chelsea rejects at Spurs has not traditionally gone great, at least not in recent times, especially especially with the managerial appointments. But maybe it'll be different with the on-field players. Um, One other game from a few days ago, JJ, the Spanish Super Cup in Saudi Arabia, Real Madrid, they dominate. I mean, they really dominated Barcelona in this final. It was the Vinicius show. He was... He was unbelievable in this game, a first half hat trick, uh, just the, the best version of him and Real Madrid looked, I mean, they looked really dangerous all throughout felt like the kind of game, you know, I know it's their season so far has been a little bit uneven, um, you know, not able to pull away from Girona. And I wonder now if this is sort of like, a look out here we come kind of moment where maybe they'll start to, um, cause yeah, they, they just, boy, did they look good. Um on every level but the the side of this that i was interested in was the barcelona side so look this is one of those competitions where i don't know what this means real madrid winning this barcelona losing it um i guess it's the kind of thing to equate it to something personally like what we always talk about with the U S and Mexico, when they meet in the CONCACAF nations league, like Mm. this is a competition that has just been created. I don't know how important it is, but for whatever reason, those two teams have decided that to them, especially when they play each other, it's everything. And I wonder if there's a little bit of that real Madrid and Barcelona, this isn't a friendly, it's almost like a. to some people, they might see it at that, but they decided that it's not. And that was never more evident than afterwards where again, like, I don't know which way I expected Javi to go with this, but he seemed crestfallen over it. And he was, I mean, he must've apologized like five different times to the fans when he spoke afterwards. Um, I mean, this seemed like it was really, really just weird. Like it's a game in Saudi Arabia. It kind of felt like a friendly in some ways. Now I watched these, these games, I watched Real Madrid's first game. And then this game, they didn't necessarily play like friendly. I mean, they, These teams went for it. It meant a lot to them, but just the atmosphere around it, this midseason tournament, it just felt weird. But like they decided that this was hugely important. At least that's how it felt. And Xavi's comments afterwards were a little bit worrying. And then there was some talk in the in the time afterwards about players maybe starting to lose faith in him. Um, And you know, I think there's been some reassurances since then. And and Xavi spoke, and he he came right out and said, "If I basically, if if the players lose lose faith in me, then I will leave." I will leave if that happens. Um, And he was very honest too. He said, if I hadn't won La Liga last year, I wouldn't be here now. I think he knows that there's a lot of pressure on him. Um, and it's tough. I do feel a little bit bad for him because he he came into – I wonder if he's becoming a little bit of a victim of his quick success because he came into Barcelona when they were in a very difficult period. Now, they have gone out and backed him, and they've made some signings, but we've talked about the weirdness of a lot of those signings, that it's a little bit of like almost a Chelsea feel of like a lot of random guys being brought in, guys that you wouldn't always necessarily expect to play for Barcelona. Um, and he won the league. And so the expectations then jump. And now it's like, okay, well, now we got to, you know, we got to keep doing this and we got to do it in Europe. And and it quickly, like, you know how Barcelona fans are. They expect to win everything, always. And oftentimes they're proven right. And they're not there yet. They're still kind of working their way back to being that kind of Barcelona. And
0: and they probably will never be the financial hole they've dug themselves into. The Again, we were talking about recalibrated expectations for United. Barcelona will probably never be that again,
2: Andrew. It's going to be hard. It's going to be not, hard. There's them. never
0: going to be it. No. It's unlikely there'll ever be a Pepeiro again.
2: I mean, I I look for a club like Barcelona, Madrid. Like there are certain clubs where I don't know that I. To quote MacGruber, "Never say never," but (laughs) but I don't. I don't. You're right. Like I see why you'd be skeptical of them being able to to find some of those heights again. But it is Barcelona. But this is the danger, and we've seen it with like Lampard at Chelsea, guys like that. Like when you when you hire a legend to be manager, there's weird. There can be weirdness when things go wrong and it's for a guy who's one of the the greatest barcelona players ever one of the winningest players ever before he was manager of this club i remember watching like the barcelona documentary and like going they're going through all the of his teammates and they're all like oh xavi's going to manage this club like we all yeah. know where where this is headed this guy's born to manage this club so when things don't go well and I guess that's how it's viewed right now, with how they're playing and losing this to Real Madrid in something that apparently they really wanted to win. Um, there's some there's some weirdness there, and it's it's gonna it's already kind of fraying for Xavi, and you can see that on his face. And it, I don't know, it, it, a quick exit in the Champions League, it could it could get a little bit more nerve wracking for this guy who's no, such a legend right. in that club. So you're right. We'll
0: see, it could get real very quickly for him.
2: But Barcelona, though, I mean, they got, I mean, nine goals across these two games against Atletico Madrid and Barcelona for Real Madrid. I felt, I don't know, felt a little bit like a second half of the season statement. Well, that's why they're they're your favorite team. Well, I didn't to watch. I just enjoy. And by the way, I think nine goals in two games against those teams. I think I'm I think I'm right. I think i'm right on this more more should join me i don't think enough people are watching real madrid <laughs> this little club in the spanish capital um i'll tell you what let's go ahead we'll take a break jj we'll come back on the other side uh another some more riffing i got some random things here and then of course we do have to talk about what's happened in the last couple of days with everton and nottingham forest i think a lot of people are are confused um i think even even i am can help educate me jj so i can help educate the people more caught offside still to come caught offside jj before we dive back in uh, allow me to bring up a thing that you have no time or use for um the fifa best awards were the other day um <laughs> so, so <laughs> what here's, is this no so here's what i want to say about this um i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna it's join henry said something nasty
0: to Resman chowdhury is that right or something I, about... I
2: i know he made fun of tottenham right yeah he did i i it's think... like she took he she handed him a trophy yeah and he was like well you're a tottenham fan so you shouldn't be holding that anyway or something like that uh, i don't why, know whatever. why
0: in that moment do that though uh, whatever it's but, so like it, it it's even cheaper than me in my comment to dan it's ugh,
2: <laughs> pure island. yeah but what i was going to say is that i i'm prepared to i mean you you know me you know i do have time for some of these awards and i do find them interesting and it's fun, for me it's fun like the debate on who's the best and that i enjoy that side of it But this one, I'm going to join you hand in hand, and we're going to dance together in not caring about this. And here's why. Now, look, Aitana Bonmati, she won for the women, which was expected and deserved, and I have no issue with that. But Lionel Messi, player who I love, uh, won for the men. This is an award for the year 2023. Mm -hmm. Argentina beat France in the World Cup on December 18th, 2022. Yeah. In 2023, Messi won League Un by a single point over Long. Oh, after they went on the Champions League, I didn't think I'd have to say their name again. <laughs> Lens Long. Um, Curse you, Long. <laughs> and then Messi, PSG, they lost in the round of 16 of the Champions League. And then he came to MLS and won the League's Cup. And this is not to say that Messi wasn't very good in these competitions. He was. But they're nothing th-
0: competitions.
2: But this all happened in the same year that Erling Holland won a treble. And broke records in what is widely considered to be the best league in the world, and so I thought, well, how how can this be? I love Messi, and and like I'm not upset, but like this isn't right. Like this this doesn't really make sense. So the voting process, JJ, and I looked into it. Um, so there's four separate votes that each comprise 25 percent of the overall vote: journalists, national team coaches, national team captains, and fans. Now. Not shockingly, Holland cleaned up in the vote among um national team coaches and journalists. Messi won among national team captains and he cleaned up among fans, so they were tied for the award and the tiebreaker is uh the the five the five point votes that were cast by national team captains they they are given the tiebreaker, and Messi had more so here's why I don't care about this award anymore. when I find out that players have a say in an award voting i raise an eyebrow when i find out that fans have a say in it it becomes (laughs) meaningless that's it i'm sorry i'm sorry i mean you do
0: hate the common man i'm sorry
2: look and i and by the way i'm one of you you know what i did a couple days ago jj i went and voted for the nba all-star game and i put tobias harris right on in there start the game tobias because i'm a fan but i'm why this stuff doesn't matter because that's ridiculous so fans, look, you. It, it's why, like, when a guy's Hall of Fame credentials are listed, they don't say, "Oh, and he won four ESPYS." Like, you because fans can't be trusted, and so once I find out that fans have a hand in this, then, well, I'm sorry, it's changes the the equation for me, and I just,
0: I tend to agree I with you, I, I, and I was totally thrown when I saw tweets about this. I was like, "Why? What? What's happening now?" Uh, yeah. Just I...
2: how many of those fans do you think watched Messi and Holland this year that voted? I don't know. I don't know where you go to vote for this. I'm guessing it was like tweeted, and like you know, it's messy. So you people just vote for him.
0: Is this so. the is this the last? By the way, that, it... that
2: applies to national team captains too. They're not watching. <laughs> they just know it's messy, and they they all worship him.
0: Is this the last residual uh, muscle memory of the Ronaldo Messi era where we all stop? I I think. I think the past 10 years, 12 years of Messi and Ronaldo winning, hoovering up all these awards, kind of buried the individual award in football. I mean, the PFA award, Football Writers Award, I think in England still means something to me.
2: Uh, but, is that the one that Jordan Henderson won? I confused. All right, well, well, it
0: then, means nothing to you anymore, and I just—I mean, I, I
2: died that day for me. I,
0: I agreed with you on that one. I didn't think that was correct, but 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 Ryan it was Giggs
2: journalists won. just trying to. Well,
0: they no, gave, gave gigs it as well, and uh, in was it 07 or so, and it, that didn't feel right then either. That was it was more of like a lifetime achievement award at the time, but I do think they they need to do something with these awards, and and I would say first of all jazz them down a bit, like they 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 they're two golden globes they're two oscars they're trying to be too smart too clever too big just just you know get back to basics a bit with just the presentation of them and and yeah don't you can't have in this era you cannot have fans involved you simply can't
2: we can't be trusted we've no. lost the right to be trusted so yeah so and i'm okay with it for certain like all, voting for an all-star game sure but like this these awards are used to tout like who's great, who's better than who, but not anymore. You won't hear me. And by the way, I don't think I've ever said like, oh, he's won four FIFA Best awards. Uh, yeah, won't hear it from me. I
0: haven't. No FIFA Best. That's that's from FIFA Pro, which is the the union, right? That they run this FIFA Best thing, don't they?
2: Um, sure.
0: And also, it's a terrible name. Yeah. Be right. best. Ugh.
2: Yeah. But congrats to Messi! So another feather in the cap of MLS. We have the reigning Ballon d'Or and FIFA Best winner. Yeah, right here.
0: They should release those uh, those figures, those t- those uh, viewership figures. They should really do that. Let us. I mean, then it will just prove that it is the top in the top three league in the world.
2: There you go, um, JJ. Before we get to Everton and Forest, I did want to mention a quick January transfer note. Uh, not one to be surprised by necessarily, but one that is very important nonetheless. Gio Reyna. Making it abundantly clear he wants out, and it looks like the wheels are in motion for this to be happening. I mean, look he's he's played he's appeared in twelve games. He's played three hundred and twenty minutes this season. He's got to go. He's got to go. Dortmund are looking for apparently somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen million euros for him. Um, now he's recently switched representation, and he's a George Mendes guy now. Um, I'm reading from ESPN FC. According to sources, the 21-year-old has been offered to multiple clubs already. Marseille, Monaco, and Lyon uh, in France. Real Sociedad, Sevilla, and Villarreal in Spain, as well as Portugal's Benfica. Uh, Mendez has also mentioned, not surprised. I want you to guess, JJ, which other club George Mendez has mentioned uh, Reina possibly going to.
0: Oh, God. Come on. Um, uh,
2: Wolves? (laughs) There you go. Imagine that.
0: How has that happened?
2: Imagine that. And Nottingham Forest, too. Uh, those are the two. <laughs> That's because far as
0: one as far as like nom nom nom, give me everyone.
2: Yeah, they those are the two that Mendez has mentioned in the Premier League. Um so we'll see. Uh, look, I, I fully agree with this idea that he has to go. It is easy to forget sometimes because of how long we've been aware of him, that he is still only twenty one. Like there's yeah. still like a whole career ahead for this guy, but this next move is important.
0: Um can you imagine those meetings though? Uh, Gio you know you've fantastic uh you know you've done so much a world cup uh you know you you're playing for the us men's national team in very important concacaf games you, you, you the bundesliga being involved with the top you've done so much we we'd love to have you at our club we we would love it is um what's what's your dad doing yeah is, he, is he, he's not around is he not going to be doing anything is he
2: right like he's hired like a or should we be waiting to find out with how little Reina has played this year at Dortmund like that that, that Claudio has like a private detective who's been on Eden Terzich just <laughs> digging <laughs> uh, uh. oh I, there's, we there's need too to many those, jokes we need I'm to f- let those jokes die it's, Yeah, like, just, we have to move on i have a you bunch know,
0: of them but i'm worried about slander the
2: the well they're jokes though the thing though that um the thing that's interesting with Reina though like i i swear i i think he's really good and yet like why why does he struggle to break through in some of these sides? My my quick answer is injuries. Yeah. And he just it's hard for him to maybe show everything that he's got. Um and you know, when he does get ahead of steam going, an injury pops up that kind of knocks him back. And then players pass him. I mean, look, Dortmund are loaded. Like they have there's a lot of and now they've just got Jaden Sancho. So, you know, he's gotta go, but when he, like when I've seen him play for the U.S., I think this we're a different team when he's out there. Even for Dortmund at the end of last year, remember the last game of the season, JJ. If nothing else, he had, he had two assists in it. You thought, okay, well maybe you know this will give him confidence. He can you know he can do this. That was a huge moment, Um, but he can't he can't get a, a consistent run of form. And I'm just wondering what is the type of club for him to go to. I, I saw in the in the report, I don't know, was it Julian Loren? There's there's a lot there's particular interest from. Uh, from La Liga where they think his style is well suited for that league
0: yeah I mean is his style being American and we're seeing an American doing well <laughs> like there could be a bit of 2 plus 2 there uh, he has to stay fit I think he can play in any league I think he's good enough um, I wonder I wonder what there the be thoughts about his athleticism and his, and his pace in the Premier League you know is he strong enough is he quick enough maybe, maybe those are factors too sure. but technically like you don't, you can't have any doubts about him. Technically, he is good enough, and I'm hoping whatever whatever landing spot he gets is somewhere where he can play consistently, but not too consistently, because I think he's a he's he's one of your classic characters for load management. He cannot play every game, nor should he. It's,
2: it's a shame uh, if if that's an undoing here, then that's that's sad. Because yeah, I as a player, I think he's great. Um, and I hope wherever he lands, it feels like this is inevitable. Now wherever he lands, I hope he gets a chance to like really get a consistent run of, of games. Cause I think he's, I, I, yeah, I think he's excellent. So we'll see. Um, and finally, JJ, we do want to talk about the Everton Nottingham forest situation.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so where, where do you want to start with this? Um,
2: well, they've, they've both been charged. Yes. Um, and now face potential punishment for breaking the, uh, what is it, the, the PSR, profit and sustainability rules that the Premier League that has laid out. Um, and I think it's important to note, as was the case last time, I think there was some confusion for people with Everton because now this is twice in just a couple months where they have been hit with this. Um, so the most basic thing to remind everyone of is that these punishments happen in three year increments. You're basically your finances are judged over a three year span. The 10 point deduction that Everton re- received were for um a three year span. And then this next one was they've re- they've handed in their finances for the next year. Like now we move into the next three yes, years. Yes. And they're uh, and they're still they're still in the red. Uh, and breaking and falling afoul of the PSR and so they continue and it's and it feels to them like this is a little bit of double jeopardy being punished for the same crime twice. And well, I we, we do should, in that should... way feel a little bit for them because I think that there there is the way this is set up is you could you can have a year where you do everything wrong and you're punished for it. But if you try to do everything right in the times since then, like if if you fall into a well, JJ you don't get out of that well as quickly as you got into it. You have to yell and scream for someone to hear you. You have to try to climb out. Like I feel like that's a little bit of the situation that Everton are trying to climb out of. They haven't gone wild spending since you know since the the since what they initially did to get them into this situation, and they can't get out of it as quickly as they got in, and they continue to get dinged for it. And so I do, in that way, I have a little bit of sympathy for them. Not a ton, because they made those decisions and they've been managed horribly and they always knew that these rules existed. They're there. You're gonna maybe they didn't take them seriously. Maybe they thought that they'd win a lot, and that was naive. Right. Um, so well, they made it's... those they made those conscious decisions and they did this. There's there's no like maybe here. Like they're not gonna go on trial and we'll find out if it happened or didn't. It happened.
0: No, and I I think it's important if and, and that's the point to be made. Um, can we listen to? So I was listening to the athletics podcast with David Ornstein, and Matt Slater yesterday, and the point that Matt Slater made, and uh, it's important that people hear this, is that it's not up for debate whether Everton acted beyond profit and sustainability. They did. We'll take a listen to it here. This idea that these are alleged charges,
2: right? Or that no, that's not quite how this system works. It really is an adding up exercise. Forrest and Everton have accepted their their breaches. They've accepted, right? They've they've handed their submission in and go. Yeah,
0: we're over. There is no allegation. What we have now is a conversation around mitigation, right? Sorry, Your Honour. Yeah, I've, I've, you know we're, we're over your limit. Of course, we are. Here's our numbers. Everyone could see it. However, this is why we're over. So we're so we're like like Matt says. We're in the, in the moment of mitigation here where Everton will explain the circumstances around how this happened but it's not up for up for debate whether they broke the rules or not they did break the rules and now who could be surprised at nottingham forest i mean why didn't we even call this earlier
2: well forest i think and- i think with them this falls in we we've talked for many years jj on the show about in this sport especially like if you feel like something looks a little weird trust your gut on it yeah, it probably is. There's probably something. I mean, not could right you there.
0: believe what they were doing last season and even into this season? Could you like? Could you wrap your head around it?
2: Like 90 40- JJ, they put out a tweet listing all the players that have been signed by Forrest from the summer of 22 through today. They've signed 43 players without very many outgoings. I mean, like, and by the way, that's part of what's up for debate here. Is like, Brennan Johnson was one of their big outgoings, but that may fall outside of the three year period that's being judged yeah. here.
0: So, um, again, on the Athletic Podcast, which is is very good and does explain things in clear terms because some of this does get um, a little bit confusing, especially when you see it's like a double whammy for Everton. Um, you know, Everton and Forest. I think it was Adam Crafton also on the pod pointed out, they're, like they're being punished for a lack of strategy. Like um, the owners of Forrest acted in a scattergun approach. With no strategy, bringing in as many players we need players to stay up bring in as many as we can get. there was no strategy, and now they're paying for it and everton um under uh under the previous administration under the pre- uh uh previous owners acted in the same fashion uh Mashiri, you know there the, why you you say well, you see something in the sport, it doesn't look right, trust your gut. A lot of what Everton was doing didn't look right. Yeah. It it just didn't. We saw these, like we we always refer to it as like this Frankenstein monster hobbled together. Uh
2: and by the team. way, it's it's also why I'd be worried about Chelsea. Some because uh, it has this has not this is also a trust your gut. Something something here doesn't feel right. Yeah. So we'll see it with them too.
0: Yeah. So um so, like, n- none of this is really surprising. And another good thing that the that the Athletic podcast did uh, was, because much of this is framed about, uh, by the 115 charges against Manchester City. Mm. And to simplify this, and it's something we haven't done enough, they're not the same thing. So what Everton and Forrest are being charged for, as, as Matt Slater and the guys pointed out, is that basic addition. Then they've spent too much and they haven't they haven't balanced their books correctly and and they are in, as you said, in the red. That's what's happened. Manchester City, the accusation is subversion, lying, cheating. That's what they're being accused of. And that, that is something that takes longer and is more uh how how would you put it? You need to be more robust if you're going to bring that charge and you need to be able to prove that charge. Absolutely. And in the case of City as well, there's also the inflation of sponsorship fees. They subverted the rules by, by in, inflating sponsorship fees coming into the club. So this is how they could pay for this, for that because the sponsorship fee was X, but it wasn't really. And that money was back-channeled. And, and you're not just fighting uh, Everton Football Club, PLC, or Nottingham Forest, whatever. You're fighting a, a nation-state. So there may be frustration with fans that this is taking so long, but they, these, are, these are two totally different charges. What we're seeing with Everton and Forest is like the purest form of making sure your books balance within the considerations and the rules of the profit and sustainability. That's what we're seeing here. With, with Manchester City, what we're seeing is much more fundamental. And, and could
2: be punished much more severely.
0: Much more severely. Much more
2: severely. Yeah. Um. With regards to Everton, so I thought this was interesting from uh, Alan Myers at Sky Sports who talked about them. And he says, the club is at quite possibly the most significant crossroads of its history right now, fighting with every ounce of energy to stay in the top flight, oversee a takeover of the club and move into a brand new stadium, one which they see as the key to its future success. Many at the club feel they are not only fighting all those challenges, but also the establishment. While there's an acceptance of we could have done better, there's also a, a real sense that they're trying to do the right thing, not only for themselves, but for the Premier League status as the greatest league in the world. However, they also feel that several clubs have had the benefit of doing all that before the current restrictions were imposed. And now it is a near impossible job for any club trying to join the party at the top. I think there is some truth to that. I really do. And that's why I was going to, like I mentioned earlier, I think Newcastle are, are in the process of maybe learning that lesson that with these current financial guardrails that are in place, we are, the Premier League is in a dangerous place right now where there are a select few clubs who got in while the getting was good, solidified their status, and now this is how it's going to be. And we might have years where, yes, yeah, somebody finds their way in, but it's not sustainable long term. And in the end, it's going to be a select few club. There there are only a few clubs that can win in this, in the Premier League. And I think that that's right now we're all still like, it doesn't feel like there's outrage over it, but at a certain point it's, I know for you, you've used the term boring before, even even with regards to some of the Man City Liverpool title races, which have been compelling and they're great teams, but the inevitability of it all. And I think that, this is a danger that the Premier League and a lot of other leagues, quite frankly, are already in. But the Premier League now is is entering that space, I think. There's only a few teams that feel like they can win. And Everton, I think, is, is pointing that out here. And Newcastle might be learning that lesson as well.
1: And
0: maybe this was always the way it was going to be, even going back to nineteen ninety-two. Maybe like maybe this was you when when the break where the Premier League was formed, I mean it was formed basically by the top clubs and and the top clubs really wanted it. And why did they want it? Well, they wanted more profits. They wanted to, to, to ring fence their status. And every year or every few years afterwards, I mean, even 2016, when the top six at the time voted that they would get a a larger cut of the TV revenues coming in, you know, everything has been, has been done towards that. Um, and and this is probably the inevitable conclusion. Now there's there's more worthy cases than Newcastle United who are owned by you know a sure. massive you know but there's but you're but you know
2: but they're going to be the best example of it because they have more money than everyone at, in the league but they can't they can't they can't but, use that power.
0: But look at the casualties along the way, Andrew, of this story. You know,
2: we we're we're we're
0: focusing on oh, hey look at Everton. You can say Forrest 20 years in the wilderness was almost a you can see that as a cautionary tale.
2: Leeds um
0: Leeds United but but don't like there's cases beyond Leeds. Look at Bolton Wanderers. Recently or relatively recently in the Premier League. Look at the way they've fallen apart. Reading. Like look at the state of Reading right now. Fans running onto the field getting a game suspended in the EFL Championship or EFL League 1 because of 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 the of the owners. Um Mikel Delaney's piece still rings with me from 2019 about again Everything has been channeled toward the Premier League, even the rise of Wrexham. What was their what was their aim? As much as you say their aim is to 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 build up this this football club, this one storied football club and bring them back to where they should belong. I mean, Ryan Reynolds talks about the Premier League. There's this funnel of everything towards the Premier League. And clubs take massive gambles to do that. Huge, enormous gambles. I mean, Burnley took a gamble. It's it worked out so far, but they're going to have to repeat the trick next season and there's no guarantees that it, w- it will be a successful second time round. And then what state are they in financially? All we see is stories of teams up and down the Football League who have made that gamble to get to the very top in the Premier League and failed because the money, the riches, everything that's available there. And that's why it's so, so important for these clubs to stay up there because once the parachute payments stop after a few years or two unsuccessful or three unsuccessful seasons of trying to get back up, then your club is in dire straits. Um, English football is, is fundamentally broken right now. And we need something, we need something radical, something really, really radical to, to, to save, uh, to save football in terms of finances or else, yeah, it's going to be boring. And, only few a few amount of teams can win it, and the and the disenfranchised will not just be remain out in the cold. They potentially will go out of business.
2: Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, I don't know what the new. I mean, you say something, you know, some radical new change. What would that? I mean, salary cap. Like, I don't think we'll ever see anything like that. You know, I look at baseball with their luxury tax. Um, how that resets when you go under. I think
0: it. I think that's all. That has to all be on the table now. And I would have been against it originally, but I think that all has to come onto the table now. Whether clubs will be willing to do that is another thing, and I would doubt it.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, the salary cap is the only true way to create real parity. If that's what they're after, I don't. I don't know that that's what they're after. Um, but but I will say that for anyone who thought like you know all the time we we talk about financial fair play. Oh, ha ha, yeah, that's a real thing. Ha 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 this PSR in England, I think we're finding out that this is real. They're not messing around with this. And, you know, we'll, we'll, well see we, what we happens.
0: Say, we, we're in the early stage of this and, uh, right. and the charges and, and Everton are still, by the way, fighting the last charges. Yeah. So we have to see how that works out. We have to see... Um, there's there's so much yeah it we we are only at the beginning of this but but it, it, but there will sea- be
2: resolution fairly soon because the the Premier League has said that they will not accept basically the season ending and then point deductions being handed out retroactively they want everything settled before then so everyone knows what they're playing for let's the, see on, exactly
0: what that means
2: then. yeah um we should say I mean look if Everton got ten points like is that just has the precedent been set that's what you get. Because if that's the case, then Nottingham Forest are in real trouble. They're fifteenth right now on twenty points. If they go down to ten points, they'll be in nineteenth, just one up on Sheffield United. Um, you know, and Everton it, are they going to get another ten point hit? You know, they survived the first one, but they're seventeenth right now on seventeen points. They get down to seven points, I'm, I think. Uh, then, then it becomes more real to say goodnight to that club in the Premier League. So we'll see. It's a bit of a frightening time for those clubs and anyone else who's looking at their finances right now from a couple of years ago and thinking, uh-oh, we're going to have to submit this soon in, in this three-year period, and uh, I'm worried about it. Chelsea, and we'll see what happens with City as well. Um, JJ, that's about all I got. You got anything else?
0: No, no. But I tell you what, this podcast has made me feel better, and isn't, huh. that, isn't that what we're all looking for in this these troubled times? They say that the,
2: the best medicine is a good podcast. They say, yeah, inject it straight into me, is what yeah. the kids say. yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you're feeling better. Um, so, what happens? Are, are you just in bed?
0: I'm going to go. I have a couple of things to do, and I'm going to go for. Uh, oh, I'm out of the bed now. I got. I, I got. I'm. I'm going to go for a big walk.
2: Oh, that, that walk. always
0: helps me. It's absolute. It's 19 degrees, but it's so that's so up, obviously the perfect time for a big walk.
2: Yeah, it's very windy too.
0: I I love it. Love it. Yeah, the, cold, I don't I'm, mind. For what I've
2: been through, you think i Oh, I love the wind. I love the cold. The wind love, is the wind is what makes it a little bit intolerable. Cold, whatever. I can deal with that. But it's the wind that really, I don't know. That's that's tough. That's tough. Today's uh, Jack's birthday. So happy birthday to my my oldest son. He turns eight today. I have a question for all the animals out there before we go. So like I mentioned, we talked about um, how he got a Nintendo and one of his friends for his birthday, the game that he wanted was Minecraft, which I've never mm. played. And I think it's an old game, but it's had this like revival. Like I go, he watches YouTube videos of like kids playing it basically. Uh And so he's, he's very into it. Next thing
0: you know, he'll be be watching Ice Show Speed.
2: So he's very into it, but here's my problem with it. And I, I'm asking the animals for help because I need, I honestly, I need parental advice here. I don't know how to, how to handle video game obsession. And like already he's had it for two days and already I can see there's there's a possible problem brewing here. And the problem is like, like when you play a sports video game, JJ, there's an, there's a convenient end point. If he's playing EAFC, I can say, okay, when this, you got one, one game here, when this is over, you come upstairs and you do your homework or whatever. In games like Minecraft, there is, they're, they're designed to be addictive. There is no end. There's no, okay, I got to the end of this level. There's no, okay. you beat the final boss, the game like it just goes on and on and on and on. You're building a you're building a world and you interact. And like my parents, I don't I don't know how to. So we try to give time limits and he's sometimes he's fine and he listens. Other times it's hard and I can I'm just looking ahead and I'm seeing fights. And so there's
0: going to you have to accept
2: there will be fights. Well, that but that's, that's a tough, accept. I, 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 the goal is to try to avoid that as much as not possible. Happening. So Forget about it. Not so happening. I'm going, I'm going, I'm turning to the animals here. I know this is the, the right place to go in, in times of uh, parental help and advice. You know what? I'm not going to
0: say anything else. I won't even give my uh, opinion on this until the animals will start a thread and we'll read the thread in the next podcast and, and we'll decide that's the way, that's the way we should live our lives from now on. All decisions, relationships, financial, parenting. Yeah, everything goes to the animals. They create a a, a a a group. They 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 thread about it, and at the end of the day, we take their consensus, and we and we live. We do all our decisions that way from now on.
2: Yep. But you know, so tonight we're he has his little we'll make a little birthday dinner for him. And we asked him, well, what do you want? What are your favorite foods? <laughs> you know what he want? This is what? the this is the birthday dinner that we're having tonight. What? Ramen noodles and bacon.
0: Oh, fantastic.
2: That's all he wants. Fantastic. All right, let's do it.
0: Ramen noodles and bacon. I love yeah.
2: it. Yeah. I, bacon on the side, not like in the ramen.
0: Well, you could do it. You could break an Big, egg. Bacon
2: the- makes everything better. It's true.
0: Oh, I don't eat pork anymore. Oh, that's 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 another one. That's another one that we should discuss. Wow. A decision uh, I made without the animals, I will say.
2: Oh, wow. All, or all maybe by yourself.
0: Or maybe for the animals. Da, da, da,
2: da. I enjoyed this immensely. Uh, the store is open. Go out, get your shirts, and uh, we'll keep our eyes open to see when the, those winter hats—they oh—they'd oh, they'd be coming in handy right now for that big walk you're about to take. It is it is damn cold. We'll have another pot. I don't know when our next pot is going to be. Actually, this is a sorry, weird I week. messed the whole schedule up. I guess it'll week. be early next week. We'll have another one. Like there are more coming. I just can't tell you exactly when. But keep your keep your feeds refreshed. Go to the store and keep voting too for the sports podcast awards because. Well, I guess that is a fan-based award, JJ. So if we win it, I, I can't take it seriously. I'm sorry. It's... <laughs> We're not beating Gary I've, Neville. I've, the dug, Neville I've dug a hole. I've backed myself into a corner. And award that we could potentially win, I'll, I'll have to just shun it. But still vote because it would quietly make me feel very good about myself and, and the work we do here. JJ, feel better. To you, I say. Check you later, phone boy. I'll see you. Take care, guys. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast.